You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes. Big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni plus the original plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. Off to a hot start in college football this week. We've got a special episode, Cash the Ticket, on the college football Playoff. Deep dive, full breakdown. Mike? The games deserve it. it, They do deserve it. This is Bull Batch 7.0, a special on just these two games. Are you as skittish about these as I am? No, I'm very confident in both these plays. Oh, And they're both plays. Oh, see, okay. All right. We're attacking this very differently. So why don't we do this? Let's start with Ohio State, Georgia. And then obviously, because the show emanates from Detroit... We can get into TCU and Michigan. A reverse chronological order. Yeah, just for fun, because I, I I think I think the Ohio State Georgia game is a much more difficult cap. I agree. So why don't you take the lead? You have supreme confidence. Mm-hmm. Let me hear it. So Peach Bowl, it's in Georgia. Georgia minus six and a half against Ohio State. The total sixty two and a half. There is a case for Ohio State. Second wind, still alive, deep passing game. Stroud can play himself into a top three pick if all goes well, right? You force Stetson Bennett to keep up, throws a couple picks. I'm describing the script of the last time Georgia's uh, Georgia lost a game, sure, which was the SEC title game back in December of 2021. A scenario exists for Ohio State. The difference is, I don't think this team is tough enough. It's been the story all season long. Georgia does what they do. They flip a, squi- a switch. This is Oregon. This is Tennessee. This is LSU. They're going to flip the switch, be more physical, beat up Ohio State, follow the Michigan blueprint, and win the game comfortably. I like Georgia. All right, here's here's a couple issues. So I kind of feel like Ohio State is like a way better version of Tennessee. And what I mean by that is they have the perimeter weapons who can win one-on-one matchups, and they have the quarterback who can make those deep sideline throws, like, without getting too geeky. If Georgia mm-hmm. decides we're going to go into a quarters, it's going to force the ball either up the seam or it's going to force you to make the deep perimeter sideline throw. And Stroud can make he that. He can do that. Now, here's where I get a little nervous. I get nervous because without Jackson Smith and Jigba, I feel like they've been limited all year long. You know, people just vape out on this and they they don't recognize he wasn't just like a really good wideout. He might be the best player in college football. Mm-hmm. The number sitting at six and a half, not moving. Literally, it opened at six and a half and it's Flat. staying at six and a half. And Mother Earth is on Georgia. Mother Earth, north of 80% of tickets, north of 80% of money. So what should happen for people out there is the Buckeye should be getting another point or yep. two or three. When the line doesn't move like that, 
specifically to a favorite getting pounded on, it lends itself to, uh uh-oh. So look, I'm being open with you. I do not have a side in this game. I have said to you, I think Georgia got fucked. I, 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 and again, TCU just for, for, it's not that they're bad, but they're clearly the fourth best team. Mm-hmm. So when I look at this, I go, all right, you've got arguably one of the best QBs in college football on the other side of this deal. You've got an NFL mind calling plays. Um, I actually leaned, are you ready for this? I leaned to the over. I, and the over is sitting at 62. Nine touchdowns. I actually leaned over. What you said is spot on. Georgia flips a switch. But do you know what comes with that? Kirby Smart not being stubborn. See, Kirby in a lot of these games, pound the rock, business trip, let's get out of here. Did it against Kentucky, did it mm-hmm. against Missouri. But in a big game, all of a sudden, Stetson Bennett's cutting it loose. Brock Bowers is running everywhere. A.D. Mitchell's back for this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, McConkey. I think Georgia could put up the better part of 35, 40. The bottom line is, is Georgia really going to keep Ohio State under 20? I can't say Probably that. Probably not, no. No. So if if Ohio State's going to do the better part of 28, and I think Georgia's going to do the better part of 40 or 38, where does that put us? See, that's where I think the over is a sneaky thing. We oh, look at this and you go, oh, well, it's Georgia. It's got to be defense. Does it? Why couldn't this be a 38-28 game? What was the total when they played Tennessee? Oh, boy. What week is it? And I can get and I can give it to you. You give me the week, I'll give uh, you the— I'm just going to pull it up. It, it doesn't okay. take that long. Well, then, excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. Well, everybody. I just I think that's a good barometer. You've already brought that up as like a, a measuring stick. Yeah, here's, here's the score. 27-13. Right, but I kind of— view, We, we I, talked about Tennessee being fake. We talked about sure. th- that was George's moment. Like— do you believe Ohio State is an upgraded version of Tennessee? Yes, but I also think their defense is better than Tennessee's defense. You do? At least in the secondary, because you're okay. talking about popping some plays. So hold on. Let me ask you this question, and this is part of a deep dive. Yeah. We saw Jim Knowles, Ohio State defensive coordinator, sell out to take away Michigan's running game, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, what stubbornly it, so. And what it created was man-to-man matchups. One-on-ones. And, and blown assignments. Yep. And I'm not taking anything away from Michigan. A couple missed tackles. Yeah, yeah, guys, let's just call it what it is. When guys are 15 yards open, like, I'd hope a D1 QB could hit them. Why can we not do this thing where people get offended? We're talking about what happened in the game. Yeah, I'm talking about when there's a blown cover, there's a blown cover. Yeah, it mean, doesn't they, make they, it a great they, throw. Yeah, exactly. It just makes it the right decision. And he made the right decision, and they made the plays. But okay. it doesn't change what happened. So how does Knowles approach this game? You'd think stacked box again, right? So does, if, if that's the case, here's what Georgia has. That... Look, Michigan with Loveland, nice player. Schoonmaker, nice player. There are no Brock Bowers. If Noel stacks this box, George is going to put up 40. So then go to the offense and go, okay, Ohio State, we know they're not getting held to 13 points. Do we agree? Sure. How much more, though? Because I go back to that game. Georgia was able to play off-man coverage for stretches in that game and just basically say, we'll come up and tackle. We get the best athletes in the sport. We'll give you four or five yards underneath and no yak yards out of it. They've got elite corners. They've got it. I mean, they lost so much and they reloaded. Yeah. They are what Bama used to be. I mean, it's the best defense in college football. I mean, this, this is the narrative coming in. Since 2017, Ohio State scored the most touchdowns in the sport. Yeah. Georgia's given up the least touchdowns in the sport. Their defense is special. I know. I, it is. It's nowhere near last year. I also look at 
you know, okay, who'd you play on your schedule? We, we've talked. It's a down year in college football. Sure. It's a down year in the SEC. Look, I don't want to lay six and a half. Why? I don't. I've just told you why. Well, but I mean, it's because of money and betting, no, not because be, of football. Because Georgia could have game control and be up 34-21, and I can still lose this game. And I don't, I don't like now. Here's I'm a little like honestly taken aback because you were the guy who said Georgia, Tennessee, it's gonna be a bloodbath. I'll bet into it. They I flipped did. the switch. And we did the same thing in week one against Oregon. And I just don't know what's changed. It's not like Ohio State's been impressive this season. If anything, it's I'll been the opposite. What, I'll tell you what's changed. And again, guys, this is one thing. It's not numbers. I can't, like, I can't quantify this. You know what I like? I like that Ohio State's got a little blood in their mouth. Okay. I like the fact you got a team entering this deal that has been eviscerated locally, nationally, their own fan base, and... I just, I like they got a little blood in their mouth. I think that's such bullshit. Okay. Like, no, no, no offense because. I don't get offended. I heard the same deal from last year to this year. They lost in, in Ann Arbor and they're going to want this more than anybody can want it. The want a meters going to be breaking on the stadium and, um, oh, we're going to blood in our mouth and hey, it's losing. And guess quick. what? They got their ass kicked again. Real quick. Did you hear that from me? No, okay. but that was the narrative. So, and I just, no, 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 I feel no, like no, I don't want to buy into the narrative. My, my point is you don't put that on me. I didn't do that. I picked Michigan. Oh, okay. But the idea that this is going to be like, they're going to want it and that's going to make the gap up. I, I've seen that not matter no, for Ohio State. No, I don't think that's the reason. I think it's a piece where you asked me a question of why am I leery? Yeah. I'm leery based on the number. I'm leery that it hasn't moved. I'm leery based on a few matchups. Look, I think the over is where I'm going to end up at 62. Okay. Um, I just don't feel confident enough in a side. I'm not knocking your selection at all. No. I'm offering you my rationale for why I don't want to partake. If the game gets played 10 times, I think Ohio State can win two of the 10 using the formula from Alabama yeah. a year ago because they can stretch vertically and force Bennett to keep so up. Let me I just ask think you a 80% question. of the time, this game ends up being Georgia, man ball, roll out the bodies, and, and it ends up being ugly. How much do you think they win this game by? Double digits? So then would you tease Georgia? Would you tease Georgia to pick them? Yeah, of course I would. Well, then why don't we get to the second game? Okay. Because this is one I'm also having a very difficult time with. Really? I thought you'd be super confident. I am. I'm confident Michigan wins this game. But you don't know what to do with the number. And it, well, here's the thing for me. But just so people know, Fiesta Bowl, yeah. seven and a half, 58 and a half is the total. Yeah. I don't like C.J. Stroud because I, I don't think C.J. Stroud is tough. I don't think C.J. Stroud handles pressure well. We've talked about it all year. The minute the play breaks down, it's it's clown car. Max Duggan is the opposite. He's like Ginger Tebow. He's just this program's identity. He's a red ass. He's a kid who they, they tried to replace twice. He's a kid who didn't win the quarterback competition to open the season. He's a kid that could have transferred, didn't. Um, he just, he never fucking quits. And I, I worry Michigan could be up 14 late. I'm getting the seven and a half and you get that try hard gym class hero touchdown. Now, look, I think Michigan absolutely wins the game. I, my issue, let, let's break it down a little bit before oh, yeah. we get the picks and all that jazz. The, the spread is seven and a half or eight, depending where you're shopping. The total, Jim, you put it at 58 and a half? 58 and a half. It's moved a point here or there. Okay. 
My problem, TCU all year, if they don't get to 34, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. They had a 29-28 miracle to save themselves against Baylor. That night against Texas where they scored 17, Quinn Ewers played blindfolded. And outside of that, man, they put, oh, they didn't get to 34 in the Big 12 title game. How'd that work? Can they get to 34 against Michigan? Can they get to 30? Do you believe they can get to 30 against U of M? No. Okay. So then ask yourself this. Can they keep Michigan under 40? Probably. Why? I'm interested. I just think it's a tough ask to score 40. I mean, Michigan can win comfortably and can get they to 35. Keep them under, can they keep them under 35? I don't see, I don't see it. So you're, you're, you pitch me on a score here. You think it's a 35-21 game? 35-24? Yeah, something like that, where it's like a 10 to 11 point. I think okay. Michigan, Michigan pulls away. I Here's mean, my question. Am I wrong to look at Michigan's red zone struggles? And I just go back to Purdue. Think about this with me. Mm-hmm. Is T... People don't get upset at comps. I'm not saying these teams are similar in talent. I'm saying they're similar in the things they present. It's like one stake is not another stake, but they're both stake. Is TCU a wealthy version of Purdue? Go back to the Big Ten title game. Purdue moved it left and right, moved it up and down the field. Mm-hmm. Creative play calling, took a few shots. They have a star receiver, right? Charlie, Charlie Jones mm-hmm. versus Quentin Johnson. Different style of receiver, but yeah. But this is what I mean. They're not the same, but they're... Can TCU bow up in the red zone and force Michigan to kick three field goals, four field goals? And if they do, flip the script for me. Can Duggan hit enough big shots, whether it's to uh, Johnson, whether it's to Davis, whether it is to, uh, not Spivey, whatever, whatever it is. The tight end you're thinking? Uh, yes. I mean, G- Garrett Wiley or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Wiley. Um, I, this is where the number is attractive to me. It's attractive because it's it's that flat eight or seven and a half, depending where you shop. Mm-hmm. Michigan's red zone issues, no Blake Corum. Now, I understand. I fu- I'm fully aware. I'm not partially aware like Roger Clemens. I'm fully aware that Donovan Edwards popped the two big runs against OSU. And we go to the Big Ten title game. Popped a couple runs there because Purdue missed like 8 million tackles. Do you think we're, we're, and this is coming from me, do you think we're underestimating what Coram's loss means to this team? Maybe. Maybe. I think only because it, it looked so easy Without him yeah. in that first game, and the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Here's I the, think they're still fine, but are we overlooking it a tad? Yeah, I a just want maybe. Yeah. Here's the other thing, and I don't know the answer to this, but I went back and looked, and Michigan has not faced a 3-3-5 alignment all year. Well, the Buckeyes do some of that stuff. Jim Knowles' backgrounds 3-3-5, well, although yeah, they were cheating it with the safeties. That, that's my – it was different. Like, yeah. TCU. Not, well, TCU's not going to run a 3-3-5. Yes, they are. They're going to run a 3-3-5 against two tight ends. They're going to have nine gaps on the offensive line. They're going to line up with a six-man box. But Bullshit. That, that, They're going to have to change their defense. What are they going to do? They're going to have to cheat safeties in. They're going to have to – they can run a 3-3-5, but it's going to have to be a heavy box. They're not going to – they're going to have to play like Ohio State played. I agree. My point is they haven't faced one. And when asked about it, I thought this was interesting. This week, Michigan's defensive staff, and I forget who said it, they go, no, we haven't faced a 3-3-5, but we're, we're – essentially, we're changing nothing. I wonder if that's a little stubborn. 
I, I now I, and I also wonder if it's true. Sure. But I just gamesmanship and all that. Look, we're doing a deeper dive. I want to bring in some of the ancillary stuff. Well, I, I've got a, a bunch on this. I let me hear. Go ahead and shoot. So, so specifically, what we're talking about: Michigan dictates in this game with jumbo formations. They run extra offensive linemen, multi tight ends, H backs. That's extra gaps for a defense in the run game. They dictate. You have to respond. They come out in that formation. You got to do something. JJ talked about it this week. He's like, if they run three three five, we're going to smash. So you've got to make a change. And I look at the style that Michigan plays, the motions, the window dressing. It's not the same, but it's similar to Kansas in the sense that you're trying to get the defense to move around a little bit. Kansas ran for 190 yards, five yards a pop. What about another noteworthy game? Baylor, they ran for 232 yards, five yards a carry. That's that's one of the few physical run Big 12 teams. So I've seen teams use motion and power and counter and push people around, specifically this TCU defense. So I think that still is going to be there for Michigan. I think their run game's there, and and if you take it away, you got to overcommit to it. And mm-hmm. then you get the one-on-ones on the outside. Now, Tomlinson's a hell of a good corner. Very good corner. Hodges Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah. very good corner. So, I, I, you know, again, Michigan's perimeter weapons are fine enough. Fine. I don't want to overstate it. No. Here's All right, so flip the script. This is the one thing I laugh at, too, and it shows you if people have watched TCU or not. TCU wants to run the ball. Miller Kendrick has, Miller, yeah. Yeah, Miller has like 1,500 yards rushing. But nobody runs on Michigan. Well, now, okay, so that was my question. Go back into the Big Ten. When we saw, I thought Maryland hit him and, and was able to run. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy, but they were able to do it. Game of scare. How many Big Ten teams actually, this is crazy when you think about it. Go look at Michigan's schedule. How many teams had a really good rushing attack? I know it's the Big Ten. Penn, St- Penn State would be one. Okay. And they utterly blew the doors off that game yeah. to where Penn State had to stop Game running. script kind of takes right. it away. Yes. So, I'm just asking, if two of the 12 weeks you played, you faced a team with a ground game, what do we know? Who had an elite ground game in your mind? That they played? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody. Because okay. we dogged Ohio State all year for not figuring it out on the ground. Right. Yeah, right. I don't no, know. And, and again, guys. Is TCU an elite running team? They're, you, they're really good. Listen, they're really good, listen. But, between your lead back and the backup, they got about 2,000 yards. Between DeMarcado and Miller, it's yeah. about 2,000 yards rushing. Okay. And again, it doesn't make them elite. No, I just, um, I just um, think if, if it comes down to these two teams are going to run at one another, Michigan's going to win the game. But you know what it lends me to? Under. Oh, interesting. Listen, we know Michigan's got problems in the red zone. We know they want to run it. We know that they're willing to bleed a game and salt a game. Yep. I will be shocked if Sonny Dykes comes out and says, we're gripping it and ripping it 50 times. (laughs) I will be shocked. (laughs) Now, they have a deep receiving core. They've got really good players. No, it's the thing that you sold me on on the very first episode we did. We did some futures, and you liked the Horned Frogs, and you were talking about their receiver room. Quentin Johnson, baby. Yeah, you were talking about him before anybody else. You gave him the D-hop comp, and he is. You, you've been all over it. So, no, that was the selling point. That was the strength of this team before anybody even thought they could be yep. a Big 12 contender. And, again, it lends itself to why they can run the ball the way that they do, is you have to fear. Well, yeah, because they stretch you out horizontally with their formations and, and the fact that they put so many receivers and so yeah. much speed on the field that you get better boxes you to got, run You in. got Quinton Johnson, you got Tay Barber, uh, Darius Davis, Savion Williams, and Jared Wiley. You got five guys that got more than 20 grabs on the year and four with more than 30. Mm-hmm. Quinton Johnson's a top 15 NFL draft pick. And if you haven't seen him, think D-Hop. Contested catches, great routes. Bigger, smooth receiver. And first guy never brings him down. Yeah. So 
I understand. Look, in order for TCU to do this and to keep this thing close, I think they recognize we can't just be all lightning. There's got to be some thunder. So if they don't drive the ball at all, and they're just going to have their defense on the field for 40 minutes. Oh, they're going to get but again, if Michigan's on the field for 40 minutes, that doesn't lend itself to 40 points. No. It just lends itself to a shorter game. Okay. The, Is the under actually the play here? I think it's a it's certainly in play. I think the fundamental question of this game comes down to, is it close? And what I mean by that is the cardiac kids, TCU. Yeah. And why Jim says it, they've they trailed in the second half six times this year, and they faced five backup QBs. And if you wonder, too, well, who is TCU? How badly did we miss? TCU was plus 200 to win the national title. Nebraska was plus 100. Okay? This is a team that came from the clouds. TCU, these cardiac kids, the, the whole deal where at the very end of the game, they figure it out, right? Michigan doesn't give you life. They've been given second and third and fourth chances against a lot of these teams. Michigan doesn't take penalties. Mm -hmm. Michigan doesn't turn the ball over. Michigan has elite special teams. They aren't going to give you anything on the margins. Yep. So if they don't spoon feed you a chance to win late, are, are they going to be close? And if it's not close, that's when Michigan gets to do what they do, which is just run down your throat, lean on you until the yeah. game breaks you. So I ask, is it going to be close? TCU, great in the fourth quarter. They're fourth in college football and fourth quarter scoring. And Michigan's Michigan number one. Michigan is top yeah. five in, in defense they in just, the fourth quarter. They and they're the best fourth quarter team. Would they outscore teams the last, the last like four weeks of year, 90 to 9? Yeah, or so I, I broke it down like this. Fourth quarter margin, they're number one in the sport. Nine points per fourth quarter they beat people it's by. amazing. So TCU is the king of the comeback. Michigan's the king of slamming the fucking door shut, and you don't even get a chance. Here's oh by the way you wanted the rushing thing from TCU yeah I wanted to make sure I I wasn't like bullshitting so Miller on the year thirteen forty two okay, uh, De Mercado who was banged up four seventy two and Max Duggan after sack yardage yeah he can run a little bit almost five hundred yards rushing yeah. that's after hundred and seventy yards backwards in sacks so there's your two K plus rushing yards and if you sack adjusted it's probably closer to so let me ask you this question this is something I feel like we've talked about for two decades but like. Do you factor in the mobile quarterback quotient? It's been a bugaboo for Michigan seemingly dating back to like 1995. I mean, do you factor in the Max Duggan, you know, ingenuity? Like it is kind of an ingenuity the way he the, plays. the hey, I'm about to die, yeah. just kidding, spin move hurdle and yeah. 24 yards extended a drive. Like if you extend a couple of drives, the rushing yards don't have to come in the traditional sense. No, no. And I think for TCU. That's another one of those matchups, you know, inside the game. Michigan is getting to the quarterback, but they're doing it with like delayed blitzes and yep. exotic blitzes. Yep. And as as Duggan, as a veteran quarterback, does he diagnose it better than anybody else that's that's played Michigan? And defense? again, people, just so you understand, we're not talking ourselves into or out of anything. But just when we say, yeah, when we say we're going to do an extended preview, yeah. We're talking ball. Yeah. Like, you want to analyze it from both things. If you want the Go Frogs Go or Go Blue Go <laughs> pod, go, go listen to it. Or if you it. just want someone going to rattle off, like, data. Ugh. Right. Oh, we're talking line yards. Okay. I didn't go to Yale, and I value the analytics, and some of the things I tell you are backed by them. I'm not going to bore you but with them. But here's where we, we've always met in the middle. Situational football matters a yeah. hell of a lot more than just raw yeah. data. And situational football, like, I, I think – Using this game, mm -hmm. situational football, does it benefit TCU in any way? 
What's the situation here? I guess that they can come up with stops in the red zone? Because I, I, I think that's basically what you're backing. You're under, I'm assuming you're going to go under and you're going to take TCU or one of the two. No, I, and it's I, all I predicated it's on the idea that Michigan's going to sputter in the red zone. Yeah, I think it's under for me. Um, I lean. I just lean on the TCU angle if they pop a couple big ones. And Michigan, look, they're a really good team. But this red zone thing has been real. It has been real. What? It shouldn't be, though. You know what I mean by that? No, it, I don't. They have all the ingredients to be an elite red zone team. I don't team. care about ingredients. No, no, but again, you have a real run game, which is paramount inside the 10 and inside the 5. Can you get a couple tough yards? Especially with Corum, the answer was yes. That, that's, that's the number one core ingredient to being a great red zone team. But then when everybody stacks the box and the field shrinks, what can you do off of it? Well, if you run a lot of RPOs, and Michigan does, mm -hmm. that's another way to free up an extra blocker, an extra guy, and get some space where it's at a premium. The other thing you could do is use the QB run, where you get an extra blocker, and they've got the element of the QB run. Everything is in place for Michigan to be a better red zone team than they've been. It doesn't make sense that they've struggled I know, much. but at this point, you are who you are. That's, I mean, Jim, I can't. I know. I said this on the air the but other with, day. But with 30 days to, to throw a couple things in, there's no excuse for this team to falter in the red zone. Look, I had a caller get all pissed off because I'm overconfident Michigan will win this game. I'm yeah. not in the business. Oh, blow. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. I'm not saying it's going to look beautiful, but I, they're just going to win the game. And I'm like, look, man, if you want to create a bunch of scenarios that we haven't seen yet as a justification for your belief— that's your prerogative, mm -hmm. but I'm. that's not honest. You're going on what you've seen. Hey, if J.J. McCarthy turns it over seven times, well, he hasn't. He hasn't. He won't be put in positions to do that. Like, it, it is a football game featuring human beings. Anything can happen. Yeah. But I just, yeah, under is probably my play in this deal. I just, I, those points are alluring, but here's what keeps me from betting the dogs in these. The favorites in the semifinal matchups crush. Yeah. In, if you believe in trend betting at yeah. all. Um, I do lean TCU with the 7.5, and, and I'm going to play the under 58.5. And, and in the other game, I'll take the over in the Georgia-OSU game. I think it'll be a little bit of a track meet. I think OSU will be able to do their job. I do think Georgia's going to put up 40 points. So you have an over and an under? Mm-hmm. No sides? And a lean to TCU. Okay. But yeah, I, I do feel like this Michigan game, I'll be able to grab TCU getting 10. I, do. I think it'll be there. And then you can play into the element of TCU never dies. Right. And I'm down 16 late, and I just need a try-hard ginger touchdown, and I cover. So that's what right now. Where are you at? I'm taking Georgia minus the six and a half. Okay. And I'm taking Michigan minus the seven and a half. And the two parlayed together is the Costa Lock this week. We will have two comfortable wins setting up a Michigan-Georgia national title. Michigan money line, no, no, Georgia money no. line. No spreads both spreads together in a two-team could parlay. i beg you to just do the money line for minus 123 think about this if you believe there's zero chance that michigan loses mm -hmm. and you believe there's zero chance that georgia loses minimal yeah for minus 123 why not just take out any of the nonsense okay I i'm saying when you bring the spreads into it i understand you're like ooh, i want to shake my ass plus 255 Costa locks hit three straight by the way which means you do. You mean don't get too confident? I wouldn't get too don't, cocky. Don't throw two teams with the spreads because it's plus 255 <laughs> if you think both these teams roll, and I yeah, do. I, I would. Okay. Then, hey, man, free country. I'm, I, I hope I'll it, root for I it. mean, it's simpler if you just do the money line. You know what That's, you're rooting for. And the pricing. And I'm not giving people, like, what, you said minus 120? Okay. That's not anything outrageous. It's not minus 160, right? Right, right. Okay. 
these two things at minus 250. That Come on, that's garbage. You can't do picks that right. way. Fuck it, I don't do the spreads. Okay. I think these are blowouts. All right, so give the people your official place. All right, my official place. Michigan minus 7.5, Georgia minus 6.5, and, and the two-teamer together plus 255. Costa lock. Go under in the TCU game. I'm going to go over in the Georgia game. And if you wanted a lean, leans, I would lean TCU. But I think you can do better live betting it than the seven and a half. That is where I would be. And again, I think Michigan wins. And I, I do think Georgia wins. I do. I just think Georgia's got a stiffer. There's a possible. You, you could do the money line together. What is that? The two teams to just advance, minus 120. Yeah, I... I you could. I mean, I it's, don't, it's not reckless. I don't hate it. I don't. You're not dealing with the spreads. That's where you tend to, you know, you don't want to fuck around. And, I'm not big on a laying the points deal. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed shit. after about 16 weeks. Yeah. But no, I, and you know what? Sometimes you, you have to give in. All right. That's the semifinal preview. Rate, review, subscribe, get involved, and we will have... Oh, hell... NFL NFL's too. out there. New bowl batches out there. We're off to a red hot start in that one. It's all there for you. It's cash the ticket. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.